Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell in Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out! Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He ducks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rowdy, the 8-10 champs. All right, guys. Welcome to the season finale of Rowdy Baseline. I'm your host, Gary, joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew, on this final, hey, hey. final episode of Roadie Baseline. This season, not forever, Gary. This yes, season, you're right. This forever. season, not forever. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back next year. But, Andrew, uh, what a year that it's been for, for both men's and women's basketball. And the fact I that know. we are we are finally in April. I, I wish like, March Madness was here. It feels like just yesterday it was... Uh... We were doing our episode talking to Thor about the hiring of Archie Miller, and now we're year one in the Archie experience, which has its up and downs, but you can definitely see improvements coming. They've picked up two great recruits so far, and then we had a championship come to Kingston this year. I mean, albeit a co-championship, but we brought a championship in women's basketball. You would have told me five years ago, Gary, that we would have been co-champions of the Atlantic 10 we would have went to Delaware for an Atlantic 10 semifinal game. We would have made it to the Super 16? Super I think 16. It is. Yeah, Super The Super 16. 16 of the WNIT. I would have told you you were crazy, but things are looking up in Kingston. Things are looking up in the state of Rhode Island basketball, but definitely it's sad to see, see the season go, but we're definitely in for an exciting offseason here in Kingston. We just want to thank you guys, the listeners. Thank you guys. So much for listening to our podcast throughout the year, throughout last year, you know, throughout the whole time, uh, you know, seeing us at games, coming up to us, talking about basketball. Me and Andrew love doing this. We we love going to basketball games. We went to basketball games as students. We go there at Elsa alums. We travel to road games. Uh, this is something that we love, but we could not do it without the support of all of our listeners, of everybody who who takes the time out of their day to listen to two idiots talk about college basketball so hey one idiot and one very good looking human i mean depending on who you ask i know i'm i know i'm the good looking one but no like gary said we really appreciate it guys thank you so much the memories gary and i have made this last year going to delaware going on the road for a couple of games for the uh wnit was great i know the men are playing in mohegan next year Maybe Gary and I will do a live episode from Mohegan in between games, get some guests on. And we that's the other thing we want to do. We want to thank all of our guests. We want to thank the women's coaching staff, Nick Coit, who's on our episode today, Maury, Bill, Stone, Dave from Rhodey Rampage. Am I forgetting anybody, Gary? No, oh, Chris Tassano. Chris Tassano as well. Chris Tassano. Everybody who has come on, talked to us about basketball and Rhodey Hoops, and not to mention – if it wasn't for the University of Rhode Island and Thor Bjorn and everybody in the athletic department, Rody Tickets, thank you all so much for letting us be a little part of Rhode Island athletics. It as alumni, it really means the world to us, and we thank you. And and with that, we can now get to our interviews. We have two guests joining us on our season finale. We will start off with our first guest. We were able to chat with ABC Six Sports Director Nick Coit on the podcast let's go to that interview now all right roadie baseline fans we are joined now by abc6 news sports director nick coit who is a friend of the podcast and welcome back again nick great to be with you guys as always awesome so uh we're not gonna beat around the bush we're gonna jump right into it and talk about our neighbors to the north what can you make of first let's just now that we have a new coach in providence and everything the dust has settled what do you make of what transpired the last two weeks it's wild. That's the first thing I'll say is it was wild just to to follow along with the story, just to see how fast it developed. I, I keep the college basketball season to me, the, the like off point in like where it went direction wise 
keeps coming back to February 22nd. And I say that for a couple different reasons. One, it was around that time when, you know, Providence kind of started its late season slide and the rumors started to heat up after that. The other reason I point that out is that's the night that Providence went to Gamble Pavilion and lost to UConn. And I remember that night, everybody kind of looking around like, wow, this UConn team is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I, the, the whole thing, guys, just crazy to think that, I, you know, I think Providence fans thought that they had their lifer coach in the program. That's the wild thing is I don't I don't think anybody thought that, that Ed Cooley was going to be leaving anytime soon. And even with the rumblings of, oh, maybe he'd take a job here, maybe, you know, a couple of years ago with Michigan, whatever. But when this one heated up, it was just there was something different about it. There was just a different feel to it. And then after the selection night, we asked him about it and he didn't shut it down. And it was like, ooh, OK, might be something here. And then as time went on, the team continued its slide while the rumors started to heat up. And then by that next Monday, he was at Georgetown. It was just crazy. But I, you know, and I know how swift it happened getting Kim English here for Providence fans, but they had to act quickly. That is the nature of the sport now is you got to act and you got to act fast because right away, you know, by doing that, it helped Kim English walk in the building and say, who can I keep? Who wants to stick around before anybody jumped into the transfer portal? And he's done a great job of that so far. But whirlwind few weeks around here for for darn sure. Nothing like we've ever seen. Now, a lot has been come up how Coach Ed handled the situation and all that stuff in from his perspective in a PR standpoint. Do you think he'd be facing this much backlash from the fans if it was handled the same way as Dan Hurley handled his departure from URI? Yeah, interest. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question because I, you know, I think it's it's it is different because you're going from conference job to conference job. You know, Ed had built this job up. You know, twelve years ago after you know what happened with Keno Davis, Georgetown, Providence, the job there was a gap. It's not that much of a gap anymore because of Ed Cooley. He did that, and so that's why you know. And I think with Dan getting calls from an ACC school and from a big East or for a while, I guess it was an AAC at the time, <laughs> but a UConn program that, you know, has what four national championships possibly going on five here uh, <laughs> on Monday. I mean that, and the money that, and the resources they could offer at the time, uh, you know, I think four did everything he could. Oh yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and that man works tirelessly to make sure that his programs are in a great place. Um, but, you know, I think with Dan, it the rumors were there, but I guess it wasn't, I mean, it was public, but it just, Dan put it to the side. It just never became a distraction. And the team maxed out that year. I think part of what happened with this Providence team was that their slide coincided with the rumors heating up. And I really don't think, like, if you watch them in practice every day, the Providence players, it's not like they're not giving the effort they always do. The coaches aren't not giving the effort they always do. It was just like it was just a cloud in the sky that was there. That was It was a distraction without being a distraction um, because the players were just as shocked as everybody else. So, you know, I think the good thing is nothing really leaked out when Dan was being courted because I think he wanted it that way and whoever, you know, is behind the scenes working with him uh, wanted it that way. And I think that was the part where kind of was handled poorly with the Cooley situation was that it became so public and wherever the leaks came from, you know, that's what I think made it public. And so, you know, different situations, like I said, it was interesting <laughs> because I was around for both coaching changes. So one thing I want to mention before we, Andrew has one more question on, on PC that we can move towards uh, the Rhodey women. When Ed Cooley got hired in Georgetown, um, your partner Ian Steele headed down to Georgetown to chat with him, and Ed stated that that house was being put on the market not because he was going to Georgetown, because they were trying to size down and kind of had to, you know, settle off a little bit of the rumors, a little bit of, you know, the backlash that he got from PC fans. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, how he handled, you know, chatting with media from here, um, not not just you guys, but everybody around with, you know, taking the Georgetown job and kind of trying to say, hey, I'm sorry, but this was my next step. Yeah, I think with the interview that he did after the season ended on his coach's show with Maury probably didn't help his, his cause. 
because I think at that point it was just giving off several hints like I'm really thinking about leaving. And it was just sort of adding fuel to the fire and, and good for good for Maury for asking, you know, the right questions there because he did um, and got that reaction. It was a good interview, you know, but it probably didn't help his cause, you know, with us, you know, Ian, my my guy works his tail off. Eager Beaver got in the car, drove down there. I was like, we got to get, we got to get him. I'm like, you are, you are my guy. You are the workhorse. And look, like he asked the right questions again, too. Like, what were you wondering about the house? What were you wondering about how long this was in the works? You know, the reaction from Providence fans, like, and he asked him straight up and, and, you know, Ed took the questions. That's the thing you give him credit for is he took the questions, you know, whether or not, you know, you believe what he's saying, that's for you to judge but he took the questions and he answered them and so you know it it was what it was but you know the thing i'll i'll say guys and i think you can relate i think anybody can relate that's listening to a podcast anywhere is that when you make big life changes it doesn't happen overnight you know and i think that as much as maybe the ending and sign sealed delivered happened very quickly this was a thought that definitely was probably around here um, because when you make a life change like that, thoughts go into your head for a long time. So, you know, judge how you want to. But, you know, I think the local media contingent itself, uh, I think everybody played a part and a, and a major part in telling the story and getting it out there to people who cared about it. So I give a I, hat tip to our local media because I think everybody did a great job. Yeah. Well, um, so we'll lead into we have two more with about PC and then we're going to jump to Rhode Island. This is a two parter. So. What do you, how do you think Kim English, obviously he's got big shoes to fill, so that's going to be tough. And how much can you be said to him getting all these players to come back his recruiting? Or do you think it's the players being scared that they won't be able to get the waivers seeing as the NCAA has cracked down Mm -hmm. on saying that there won't be waivers for coaching changes? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I think it makes players think twice maybe about it. But I do think that Kim English came in here and and did the right things in terms of, you know, saying, hey, you guys should stick around because, you know, if everybody sticks around, we're going to have a pretty darn good team. And, you know, the fact that just does Bryce Hopkins, where he's at with his basketball career, he's probably going to play one more year and then declare for the draft. Does he want to move again or does he want to be? He's the feature guy. He is the guy for the Friars next year. You're in the Big East and you're the guy on a team. That's pretty darn good. And it seemed like he was in lockstep because the announcement that he was coming back came at the same time as Devin Carter. Both of them put it out there together. And so they obviously, you know, talked about it. And I'm sure the same for Devin. Like he's, you know, a feature guy on this team and he gets to stay around and be a feature guy. So I think that's probably what was part of the selling point. But, you know, I know that Coach English talked with Bryce's parents, you know, really really got in there and said like, Hey, I want to make you feel comfortable, you know, with me coming in as the new coach, here's what I'm thinking, you know, Bryce is going to be our guy, that sort of thing. So he did a good job in that regard too. So I think it was probably a little bit of both. Um, There's a lot of, you know, factors, you know, that, that these players weigh. Um, But I think it was a little bit of both. And then, you know, once those guys came back, it was a domino effect. Like Jaden Pierre had gone in the portal, the the whole Instagram live thing with him playing one-on-one. That was awesome. Look, that that's pretty cool. I mean, it's different. I've never seen something like that before. And look, he's coming back. Look at that. Like, I think that's pretty cool trying to relate to a player like that. So I think partly these players obviously had a lot of factors, but coach English is, you know, you got to give him credit. He's done a good job retaining the team here. All right. And our last one about PC, it kind of ties into URI. I have spoken to some PC fans over the last two weeks, this exact moment, 653 on Monday, April 3rd, 2023, They'd rather be in the position that URI is in. With everything going on in the PC standpoint, which program would you rather be in right now? I would say PC because of the team that's coming back and the chance that you have right away to get back to the NCAA tournament. But I would also say for URI fans, look, you know, you're, you're, you've brought in a couple of good transfers in the last week. That's a great start. Um, and Archie obviously has established what he expects, expectations. He's had a year to do that. And so nobody's coming in blind. And if guys get healthy and this practice facility opens up and, you know, things are looking rosy. So, you know, 
I, Hey, if you're URI, you know, there's nothing, nowhere to go, but up definitely nowhere to go, but up, but this moment I would say PC because of the guys they've got Fair. coming back, the team they're going to have, it's going to be fun. But you can definitely make the argument that both teams are on the up and up, but that shifts us to a team that is definitely on the uppity up, up, up your co-champion, URI women's basketball team. What can you say from your perspective that Gary and I haven't been able to say about this URI women's team this season? Gosh, I, I just think there's a there's a great energy about the program. And, you know, I, I always say, like, programs reflect the sort of image of their coach. And I think that this program reflects the image of Tammy Reese. Energetic, you know, the, they're always optimistic. They work hard. You know, there's just a lot of things that I think of Tammy as a coach and as a person. And I look at the program and I say like, oh, that mirrors what she would want. Oh, that's, you know, and it's fun and it's enjoyable to watch, you know, and, you know, they're going to be on the up and up because they're going to have a lot of returners. I mean, the turnover that the program had and then to get back to the point that they did this year and take those new steps in the program, that was really, really impressive. Um, and now, you know, you today you bring in Dee Davis. You know, I've I haven't watched much Dee Dee Davis, but you know what? She seemed like she was a she was a stud at Manhattan, mm-hmm. over fourteen hundred points in a career. Exactly what they need an experienced guard. I said I'm I'm thinking about talking to you guys tonight, and I'm like, we bring up the women's team. What do they need? Well, they could use an experienced guard. Boom, Dee Dee Davis news this afternoon. I'm like, well, there you go. Thanks, thanks Tammy. Take steals my thunder, <laughs> but it's great. Yeah, thanks, Tammy. Appreciate it. Thank you, Michaela, putting out the press release. Official, no reportedly's and whatever. There it is. So, you know, I, hey, look, it, there's there's a bright future for this program, and there's a hunger to even take the next step and the next step. And, um, you know, that's what that's what Tammy preaches, and they back it up the way they play on the court. So they're, they're, they're a fun team to follow and cover. Now, obviously, this team has gone. They were, in, you know, last place in the A-10. We hear everybody say it all the time. Tammy's taking this team up level by level by level, right? So examples – more season ticket holders, more fans at games, right? A pretty big contingent to head over to Delaware to watch a women's tournament for this URI team where you have a pretty full section. You know, two games at the Ryan Center that are really, really good, good about a 1,000 people for each game. And then they go to Harvard, and all you hear is URI fans on the broadcast. Do you think that we've hit the ceiling yet or that she can just continue to go up and up and get, you know, the Ryan Center packed you know, where you could possibly do a doubleheader with the men and have a full Ryan center for both games. Oh yeah. I think there's, I think there's definitely still room for growth, which is wild when you're the co-champions of the A-10, but there's definitely still room for growth. I mean, look at the way that the sport of women's basketball is growing. I mean, I think it was record viewership in the final four games this weekend, you know, and, and everybody, you know, I can't remember a time where and this is just because coverage warrants things like when we do our when I do my Saturday morning show with Scott Radishi, usually we start with you know the big four Patriots Red Sox Bruins Celtics that sort of thing. We started the show Saturday morning seven a.m. with Caitlin Clark and her performance against South Carolina because we both were like that's what everybody's talking about that's what we were talking about walking into the room and that's what we started the show with and I said. That's a great, great sign for growth in the sport. Like, who wouldn't want to watch that girl play basketball? She's fantastic. She's unbelievable. And there's there's been players that have been, you know, at stage that have helped the game grow. Sabrina Ionescu, a couple of years ago, was the same sort of like, wow, this goes really good. And think about it, like, when Paige Beckers gets healthy, UConn will be right back there. And she'll stand out. Like, there's so many great players and great teams and, you know, the coaches and like, it's, it's really, really, it's great to see the sport growing. And somebody like Tammy at the top of the A-10, she'll be such a great representative for the league. I was just talking about too, you know, I was really impressed with uh, Aaron Bath, the new Providence coach. And I'm like, boy, that post-game press conference after the PC URI women's game next year is going to be awesome because you have two really engaging, energetic, exciting coaches I'm sure the product on the floor is going to be great. And then the post-game press conference is going to be great too. Um, and if that program grows and grows in the Big East, then all of a sudden you're going to have this, you know, four teams. Yeah. Like URI, 
you could make a the marketing ploys if you both teams get successful. A URI PC doubleheader first Saturday in December. Oh. Like like, and, and I think and and you mentioned this Nick as well. Like her presser, like you know everybody the eyes were focused on Kim English and she came in there. And she said, "Nope, you're going to listen to me. You're going to hear me talk and hear what I have to say." And she just went and said, "Nope, we're going to be good. We're going to do this or that." And I just sat there and I went, "Wow." Never heard you never heard another <laughs> coach be that assertive and and the comment about wearing heels so Gino can look up there. Uh, that's another Beautiful. that's a story for another day. But when it comes down to it, I feel as though and you know, you're right, place PC in the women's basketball, and we look at it, it was like, okay, you know, they won, there's some coverage, whatever. But now if both these teams can be good, Andrew's right though. You could totally make a case to have both teams play that way or make it a you know a star-studded event for everyone to watch. Well, and, you know, I, yeah, I, I hope – I don't think they – did they do the Ocean State Cup this year or whatever with the four teams? I, I don't think, think they, they did. did. That. I don't know, though. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they did it – like, I don't know if it was going away or whatever. If it was, then bring it back because I want to see it again um, because I love seeing the four teams meet at, you know, somebody's arena, somebody's place because Bryant's still, you know, in the process of hiring a women's coach. So Bryant will have a new face, energetic, trying to build a program – and I don't even, I don't sleep. I, I should have mentioned Monique LeBlanc Brown. She's had a lot of success, you know, at the college level, uh, coaching and building programs. And she had a freshman class this year that was going through its growing pains, but she's got a lot of energy, you know, and I, I just, I love, you know, the state of the programs and just where the growth can go for, for everybody. So I hope they all do play again, if it didn't happen again this year. Now we, uh, my last question for the women, then we'll talk briefly about the men, and then we'll let you go. Do you think with Dolly, Sophie, and Mai having one more year, like another summer, and with UMass having major turnover and their coach presumably heading to Pitt, do you think that next year is NCAA tournament or bust for Rody? You got a great shot, right? You got a lot of returners, and you always have a you have at least a slight, if not a big step ahead, when you have a lot of returners, you all play together, you've put in time together, there's chemistry. And again, like the turn, that was this, uh, I mean, it, it was so impressive, the fact that they had a lot of faces leave and a lot of new players step up and step into big roles this year. You're not going to have to do a ton of that. You know, it'll be DD coming in, I'm sure, helping to, you know, to run the offense. And yeah, man, I think they have know, a really got, good recruiting class coming in, like freshmen. They got a couple of big. Yeah, yeah like isn't Eva like a, a, a like a two thousand point score? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like holy cow! Is a yeah, freshman she, coming like with that? Yeah, she's she. We've she. Um, they always tag us in the tweets, and I watch silence, and I'm like, oh, she man. is. She's. she's so Tammy's <laughs> doing something well. Yeah. I don't know where she's yeah, finding she's, these two thousand point guards. scores. Yeah, she clearly knows her guards, and that's, you know, look at what she did in the transfer portal this year, um, you know, bringing in who she did. And so, um, yeah, I think when you have when you have continuity and then obviously you'll look around the landscape of the league, there's still, you know, some good programs there that you're going to have to contend with. I mean, it seems like every time they play St. Joseph's. Oh, my God. They go to overtime or double overtime or whatever. Or, you know, side, Fordham. Or like, like, it's like yeah, it's for the men all over again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I I haven't looked at St. Louis, what kind of team they have coming back, but they are the reigning champs. So, like, there's still programs there, but when you have continuity and you can build off of that throughout a summer and going into another season, um, that definitely puts Rody a, a step ahead. So, so, yeah, I think there's going to be big expectations for next season because they want to surpass what they did this year. Right. And now, speaking of expectations and all that, we can talk about the men. Were you a little shocked to see how many players entered the transfer portal from the Rhode Island team this offseason, or is that what you kind of expected about after his first year? It's uh, it's tough to say because the transfer portal, I, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> it's just unpredictable, you know, but I, I, I think, you know, guys want to keep their options open, and and I get that. Um, yeah, ish, I'm not totally surprised. I think he had a fabulous year. And so he's going to test, you know, testing the waters to where he could go and the yeah, next step he could take in some big programs. <laughs> yeah. what, what's that? My two predictions are Maryland or Georgetown. I mean, makes total sense, right? You know, and if he can go play we, there, then good for him. have some thoughts that he might want to be closer to his dad. Um, just because, as, as we know, his mom travels to every home game at URI. She's always there. 
Um, and I think that he's kind of getting to that mindset where he's like, okay, I think I want to be closer to home. Which Ish, Ish has given a lot the last like three years. Like he's given a lot. He helped this turnover, this change really bought in and it helped him shine. So I'm not totally surprised by that. Um, the Jalen Carey news, I wasn't surprised by today yeah. either. He's given a lot. He's improved as a player, you know, good for him. Um, I think the one that I was kind of like, oh man, that, that you know, would have been good to keep around was maybe, maybe Lou Hutchinson. I thought maybe he might be able to, you know, get some minutes, step Absolutely. in, whatever. Yeah, you're smiling because you probably agree. Yeah, no, I'm shaking my head because I said to him, I you just said that, and Andrew said it to me literally three days ago, going, "Oh, that's weird." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's no, the I one. Think, but like you said, I think uh, we touched about it earlier. The two, the two, I didn't haven't really researched them, but the two big ones. So Archie's off to a good start so far. It's definitely he's got a few more scholarships to fill in. But it's and then we got the two freshmen coming in, but it's definitely, definitely more promise coming in. And I'm looking forward to seeing what next year has. Yeah, he's he's added some scoring, and I think that this team needed some scoring. I think I think you you found you know they, they bought in on you know defensively what they want to do, you know the work ethic, everything, all the habits, everything that Archie wants in a program, you know. But obviously the offense was was hard to come by for this team, and so you're adding two guys that can score house and, and Brown. And so that's going to help, you know, you got to be able to put the ball in the basket. And I think that probably got frustrating at times for the Rams and for Archie and his staff. And so you had two guys that can do that, you know, and if you get healthy, if you can get like Chiku back, if you can like, you know, if you can stay healthy, that would also help your cause because I, you know, they, they got bit by the injury bug a little bit too. Well, it's, Definitely going to be an interesting offseason, not only for the roadie women and men in Providence. It's going to be an interesting offseason for all of Ocean State Hoops. But, Nick, we want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to getting you on next season. Guys, it's always a pleasure. Anytime I'll come back, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about anything you want. Love have, yeah. love being with you guys. In weeks, I might be wanting to talk to you about these Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Maybe I'll put a disclaimer on that. You really want to get me going on something? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Nick, thank you very much. All right. We want to thank Nick Point for joining us on the episode. Great insight on everything that's going on in Rhode Island during the last two weeks last couple months he's been able to to chat with us we uh we appreciate your support nick and we know that we're a roadie podcast only in the comments and stuff but we just felt it was our it was our obligation to talk about what is going on in providence and not only that but they also did hire a former a10 coach in kim english but we had we we couldn't let it go with everything that had happened so we had talked about it and we thank nick for joining us and talking about it with that being said, that leads us into talking up to associate head coach Meg Shoniker of the URI women's basketball team. We talked about everything from their dictionary bout and the Bonnies. That's a special answer you're going to have to listen to to get all the way to the future of women's basketball. So make sure you guys give it a listen. And uh, yeah. We'll toss it to that now. All right, Rody Baseline fans, we're joined. I want to say Roy Rody Royalty here. Um, first time guest on Rody Baseline, we have women's basketball assistant head coach Megan Shoniker joining us on the podcast for our end of season episode. Coach Shoniker, it's great to have you on the show. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, coach, we're going to start with what the people really, really want to know. Back at the um, coaches show at Tavern in the Square, yeah. you guys were talking about team chemistry and you guys mentioned a battle of Pictionary that you guys were going to do at the away game at St. Bonaventure. I've been yeah. scouring social media trying to find how that all ended up. Can you tell us how that ended out? Happening? Oh man, so you're you're gonna think this is this is funny. I actually wasn't there. Oh. Um, I missed that one. I was on the road recruiting. I was actually going to see Katie Ledden, our uh, 2023 commit. She was playing in a playoff game. I was really really upset. I, I missed it, but I heard it was it was super competitive. There was some you know MVPs and then some ones who needed who needed some work, but I heard it was a great time. So I'm really sad that I missed that one. So I'm sorry. I don't have I don't have the real uh, answer for you. The mystery continues on here, Andrew. You yeah, <laughs> man, we we started off that. Sorry, I just crushed that one for you. <laughs> Our task for the off season: find out how that went. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll do some research for you. <laughs> So also at that coach's show that we attended, you and Dolly seem to be getting a little competitive about her passing you on the 
three point list at URI as you were a URI great. But there's yeah. another member of the team, Sophie, who very well could pass the both of you. And yeah. she came on big this season. Can you just give us a talk about her from a guard perspective and what you see in her and what we can expect next year from her? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I think one one word that comes to mind is just proud, right? Just really proud of her growth, um, her commitment to the work and just being just a really great, humble, kind of keep her head down and, and just stay focused on getting better every day. Um, I think sky's the limit for Soph. I mean, you saw the growth she had, just the confidence, you know, this past year, really looking to add to, you know, all three levels with her her scoring this year. Obviously, her shooting ability is is lights out, right? Um, now people are people know that she's going to be scouted for that. So um, really looking looking for her to develop the pull up jumper, the finishing at the rim, which you, you kind of saw a little bit towards the end of the year start to come on her, you know, ability to get to the rim and, and finish, but really trying to add to that. Um, but as far as, you know, just her as a, as a kid, you don't really get much better than that one. Just an un- unbelievable kid to be around. You know, and I, I definitely am competitive with with uh, with my records and it, it hurts my my heart. But at the same time, it's a good thing, because if they're being broken, that means we're doing something right here. So I hope both of them beat it. You know, I hope both of them actually crush it. <laughs> I got to love it. So tying into that as well. So you were on this Rodeo women's team, you know, came onto the coaching staff, which I think is amazing to have someone yeah. who who saw, you know, the progression here. And obviously, I know that you've moved up up now to assistant head coach and all that. Talk a little bit about, you know, being the time when you were a player uh, to now and just kind of how you're able to instill a little more wisdom because you've been in there, you know, in the player's shoes in the exact same place as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Yeah, I think obviously being in their shoes and and walking like literally through those hallways Definitely gives you, um, you know, a more relatable perspective, gives me a more relatable perspective to them. But I think the biggest thing, just looking back at like my career, not only as a player, but as a coach, it goes fast and really just trying to enjoy every moment, enjoy every day. You know, what we do is hard. You know, being a Division One student athlete, it's it's not easy. And sometimes you lose sight of that, right? You kind of, oh man, I the season's long or postseason's long, pre all of these things and just really staying present in the moment um, and just enjoying being around a team because unless you go pro, you know, that's, it stops for you there in a sense, after your four years, you're no longer really a part of a team anymore. Um, So that's my biggest kind of advice to them is, is really just stay in the moment, live in the moment, enjoy all of it for, you know, the good and the bad, the hard, the easy, when you're mad at coaches, you know, when you have a good day in practice, bad day, whatever it might be, just, to just really soak it all in um, because it's like a snap of the fingers and it's over. So as we talk about, obviously, that you're an alumni, Gary and I are both alumni. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a coach on this staff from looking back on this team and from all the perils that this program was in to what it is today, from the alumni standpoint, what what does that mean to you as somebody who played for the this program and to see where it is today? Uh, I mean – it means everything, right? Like it, it was hard for a while there to, to be proud of, you know, being, being a Rhode Island women's basketball alum, you know, it, it, sometimes it would not pain me. I think that's, that's tough, but you know, you weren't, you just weren't proud to say it always, right. For whether, whatever reasons, you know, on the court, off the court, there was just a lot of things that needed improvement, you know, when it came to our, our team. So now just seeing where it's at the support, you know, people in the stands. I mean, we had, you know, maybe a hundred people in the stands when I played. Just seeing the growth of it all, it makes you proud now. Like I want to walk around, you know, yeah, Rhode Island women's basketball. I'm a coach there and I'm an alum. So, and people know in Rhode Island now, you're walking through the grocery store and they're like, oh, you guys are good. You know, before it wouldn't even really be noticed. You know, you guys know, like it, it, it just gives you, you know, something extra to be proud of, kind of something to brag about. So, this is what I've always wanted. This is the reason why I came to URI as a, as a player. You know, I wanted to win championships. I wanted to be great. I wanted to leave something, leave a legacy. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but to be able to return and do it as a coach, it makes it that much better because I'm kind of on the outside watching it all. And I saw what it was. And now to see where it's at, I just have a way bigger appreciation for it. So 
now shifting gears into looking at next season and stuff. Mm-hmm. Last year, Maya Tori was coming into the season mm-hmm. as nobody knew what to expect from her. And it yeah. turned out, I believe she was the most improved player in the entire conference this year. What player can we expect or what players like should we keep an eye on this summer to hopefully have that same jump this year? Oh, that's good. I mean, I hope all of them. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope all of our kids can have the jump that that she did. Um you know, I think Ines, I think Ines DeBros, um, she's going to get mad at me. I don't think I said her last name correctly, but hey, got to try. I'm really looking forward to, you know, what she does. I think her work ethic is very similar to that of Maya's and, and Sophie P. And, you know, I think she has all the intangibles to be great. You know, so I'm really looking forward to, to you know, see her jump. I think that's one to look out for. Um, I think Emmy, um, you know, Emmy's been here a couple of years. She's going to be one of those. She's going to be a veteran kid now for us. And again, her work ethic is really similar to those kids. Um, so really excited for her, you know, her junior year to see what what she can do. Um, and then obviously, you know, the kid we just signed, Dee Dee, you guys, you know, she's going to be excitement all over the floor. Um, yeah. So that kid, I wish we had her more than a year, but hey, we have her for a year. We'll make the most of it. Um, so I think, you know, roadie fans are going to be really excited about her. And then, you know, I think our freshman class coming in will add a, you know, a good little mix to what our returners, you know, have, but to be quite honest, I think all of our, I mean, one thing that, you know, I think we talk about a little bit, but people really don't understand is how hard our entire team works. They are just really hungry kids. So any one of our kids on the roster, I mean, you talk about Awa, right? AD, Dutat, um, NL Dutat. She, I could see her having a huge breakout year. There's really a bunch of them there from, from top to bottom. I think any kid can have a have a huge jump, you know, for us. So like I said, I hope all of them do, but yeah, I think Ines, Emmy, AD, Awa, and then, you know, DD is going to be fun. That's you just named like the entire team. And I'm like, I just, they all played this year. And we I know. And I... we lost three and we already brought a 2000 point score. And that depth is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to be, we were deep this year, but we're going to be, we're going to be really deep next year as well. Because I've, um, I've seen the video on these freshmen, and they look like they can make an impact day one. Yeah, yeah, they can, and, and it's it will be good because you know they're gonna it's gonna be competition, right? Like they're gonna come in, they're gonna be working for for minutes. We have a whole bunch of kids returning that played minutes, so that's what you want as a coach. You know, that's what you want. You want a competitive environment, so these kids have to come in every single day and earn their minutes. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. And you yeah. you brought up. Dee Dee and how she was uh, I'd be lying if I said she was on my radar or I was watching a video of Manhattan and from what I've gathered she's a 2,000 point score or a very big score averaging double mm-hmm. digits I think around 17 a game yep. what can you tell what can you tell us that the roadie fans need to know about her outside of what you've already told us this kid's competitive she brings an extreme competitive fire she loves it she owns it but that's on the court. That's between the lines. Outside of that, she's one of the most outgoing, sweet, kind of humble kids that you'll you'll meet. Like some of the things that you know we've learned about the kid in the recruiting process is she goes and introduces herself to to refs, right? She will go and shake the head coach's hand and actually have a conversation with the opposing head coach. She introduces herself to the scores table. Like you just don't find you know, kids like that. So I think you're going to see an extreme competitive, you know, attitude on the court, a kid that, you know, fans are going to absolutely be drawn to and love off the court. Um, And she's just a two-way dynamic guard. I mean, defensively, you know, I'm our defensive coordinator, so I'm really excited. I mean, she's going (laughs) to, she's going to be fun on that end, but I mean, the the list can go on and on with that kid. We're we're so excited that, that we were able to get that one. So obviously with the news coming out with DD, you know, great, you know, great transfer. Is there anybody else that you can tell us? I know that's probably confidential information, uh, but anybody else that we can see coming in that you can tell us? Or like positions position. we're targeting or anything like that. What we can, is there any more like roster movement to be expected this off season? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's a little bit more movement to be expected. I, I, I can't get into exact names and CAA, you know, they'll come pounding on our door. Um, but we're definitely having some conversations, you know, really, really looking to add to our to our guard spot a little bit more, um, you know, a versatile guard, though, somebody that can play, again, multiple positions, maybe someone a little bit bigger, like longer. 
but you know, we're really, we're really happy with our roster to be quite honest with you. Anything we get, you know, after this point is going to be kind of like the cherry on top of what we already have. Um, obviously you're always looking to improve. You're always looking to add, you know, the transfer portal has been such a, you know, a great tool for us. So yeah, probably, probably looking at the guard spot, maybe like a stretch four, maybe someone who can play the three and the four, kind of that, that type of position. Now, a lot of talk has been made in the Rhode Island area about the international connections. And I don't really see that much across the women's game or I, I mean, and all the other big conferences. Why is it? I mean, I know we have a so other associate head coach who's from the overseas. Yeah. Why is that such a big portal? Why has nobody really been using that as much as we have? Yeah, I think, you know, it's become more popular over the past, I would probably say like five to seven years, you know, the women's side has tapped into it a little bit more, but I think some of it's resources, right? It's not cheap having to fly over there, watch these kids fly back, get pay for them to come visit. Um, so I think some is, is just the limitations of the resources that a, that a program might have. And then it's, you know, it's, it's really like the exposure of it is finding those kids um, and, and spending time to get to know them and the language barrier a little bit. But, you know, if you have kind of that pipeline, it certainly helps with all of that. Obviously, with uh, Coach uh, Amadou being from from France, it, it's like a clear pipeline. So, yeah, I think I think it's more so resources, but it's definitely getting more competitive and way more popular on the women's side. Like people are going over there left and right, um, trying to fill their rosters with, you know, international players. So it's good. I think it's great. I think it, it expands our game, you know, as, as far as just women's basketball in general, you know, gets it more worldwide eyes on the game so yeah i think it's more resource based well let's keep it our little secret okay yeah <laughs> cut that segment out <laughs> yeah yeah we'll cut that one out we're not just not gonna we're not gonna tell anybody it's fine yeah <laughs> nobody listens to us anyway but um that leads us into last week pc hired a new women's head coach and a lot of people seem to be excited about that mm -hmm. from our standpoint in the state's perspective what would it mean not only for the men's PCURI game to be as big as it is, but if PC can turn their program around and get to the level where, heck, maybe a Saturday afternoon in December, we could do a women's men's PCURI doubleheader and it'd be one of the craziest things next to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> next to the Super Bowl, I like that. <laughs> um, it should be, right? Like, like that's what we want. We want... You know, and we talk about it all the time as a staff. Like, it's such for the men's in just the state of Rhode Island. That game is is so important, right? It's everybody talks about it. It's a healthy rivalry. It's super competitive. You sell out. You know, whether it's the dunk, is it still the dunk? It's the amp now. The amp, amp now. Yeah, you're we right. We still call it the dunk, though. Yeah, I, I that's what I've no, always known it for. Um, you know, you sell out the Ryan Center, and I just think it's a great thing for a small state, right? Like it just gets everybody hyped. So. I hope, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think Aaron will, I think she'll get it going there. Um, I think she's going to be great and it's going to be great for us. It's going to be really competitive, but I hope, I hope we can do a double header and we sell it out and it's just absolutely insane and fans are going crazy. And yeah, I hope so. Cause that's, again, I think that's what it should be. Like if we can, if we can do that for the state of Rhode Island, I think it will be amazing. And that leads me to one of my last or one of our couple, a couple last questions, the, in the men's game, it's always you always hear about the mid-majors having a tough time scheduling at a conference. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if PC can get up, that'd be great. But now we're getting to the point where the URI women are fighting for an at-large bid. I mean, yeah. You, as much as coaches say that they don't hear it, you all hear it. And you you obviously want the at-large bid. How hard is scheduling non-conference for you guys coming off a co-championship and winning record the last couple of years? Yeah, it is, I mean, it is difficult. You know, you have teams that, you know, basically are, hey, we'll come to you guys, but you have money, right? So they're looking to only play us if we pay them. Um, and, you know, we don't have an unlimited budget by any means, right? So there's that aspect of it. And then when we do want to go travel, um, you know, I think teams get a little bit weary of maybe paying us for a guarantee game, you know, because that's not a good look. You go and lose to to a team that you've paid. So it's, it's really finding – you know, a balance of those uh, competitive mid-major teams who, for both sides, it's a good opportunity, like the Princeton's and like BU, you know, being in the WNIT last year was great. But it is, 
you know, it, 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 it can get challenging at times, but Hey, we'll go, we'll play anyone anywhere at any time. I think you guys know coach Reese well enough or that's kind of her motto. So we'll, we'll fill a schedule and we'll figure it out. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it can get a little bit tricky when, you know, you are a mid-major and you are winning. It's like the upper, the kind of the bigger schools don't want to play you. And then some of the smaller schools, you know, now they're only play, playing you if uh, they, they get paid. Yeah, and I definitely think that more mid-majors, you can just see it from this past tournament, more mid-majors need to get into the women's NCAA tournament. But that's that's definitely an argument for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other question that I know I'm going to change gears a little bit here, right? So yeah. we talked a little bit, you're an alumni coming into this coaching staff. Uh, tell us a little bit about how your journey, you know, how you came into the position, you know, joining Tammy's staff and then, you know, working for Tammy the, the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, I've said this story so many times because I think it's just really cool. I didn't know Tammy, you know, I knew of her, I knew who she was. I knew her name, obviously, you know, who she was as a player, but um, we had never really spoken. We had crossed paths recruiting, things like that, but never really had a, a conversation. And just by the luck of it had a couple connections that really both uh, that knew us both really, really well and kind of connected. And, you know, me being an alum, I think that intrigued Tammy, and we got on the phone and sparks just flew and we, you know, both were interested in, in building it the right way, you know, building it for the right reasons. Um, and then, you know, when I got on staff, there was just a feeling of, we're going to get this done. Like there was just a belief that, Hey, we're going to turn this around, you know? And, and I think Tammy is a, as a leader, as a, as a boss is one of the most, you know, supportive, but yet challenging. She is a great enabler of growth. She, you know, she definitely puts you in situations to grow. And I've been really fortunate. I've been on, you know, the winning end of that, you know, her just promoting me, trusting me. Um, and I've grown, you know, I'm a completely different coach than when I stepped into because of her, because of just the opportunity she provides you, the belief she has in you, the trust she gives you. It just makes it for a really, you know, supportive and, and growth environment, a thriving environment. So um, I can't, I can't speak highly of enough of Tammy. I think she's one of my mentors. She's just an overall great human being. Um, and, you know, Rhodey's lucky that, um, that they found her and that, and that great, de- great decision by Thor. So <laughs> he, he's had a few out of, knocked out of the park. He's got a national champion coach. He's got an elite eight coach on the men's side. Currently he's got Tammy Reese. Yep. He's got you on the staff. All the yeah. other sports seem to be doing good. Yeah. I think he's, making, what he's doing. I think he's making good decisions. Yeah, he is. He is. So uh, our last one for you, we just had the women's final four. Obviously, that's the dream for Rodi to get there. But we saw Caitlin Clark go off on national TV. We saw LSU do what they did. And we saw that the women's final four tickets were more expensive than the men's final four. We saw that viewership for the women's tournament was the highest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. What can you say for the how much women's college basketball has grown over the last two years and what the next steps would be to be able to maybe get the final four to one of those football stadiums at some point. Oh man. I mean, it's, it's, it's so cool to see, right. This is what you wanted. This is what we wanted as far as, you know, women in sports is just given the opportunity um, to be seen, right. Um, To be invested in, to be promoted, to be put on that stage. Cause you know, we know we had it, we have a good product, right. We know we have, you know, young women who compete, who play hard, who know how to play the game of basketball and do it at a really, really high level. So I think it just goes to show when you do, you know, invest in women, invest in the sport, um, promote it and and make it visible that your people are going to watch and people will come back and keep watching and people will pay very good money to watch. You know, and I just think we need to continue to do that, right? Like it needs to, you need to turn on ESPN and you need to be seeing all women's sports, not just women's basketball, just as much as you see, you know, their counterparts in the, the men's sports. Um, it should be on the ticker at the bottom, women's scores, just like it is men's scores. Um, and it, it, if we continue to do that, you know, we continue to just be given the opportunity. I think it's just going to keep on growing and you're going to, I think the ceiling is limitless, to be honest with you. I think we will get to a, a football stadium. There's no doubt in my mind because the product that LSU and Iowa Put on the floor for that national championship game it was unbelievable i mean you're talking about great basketball but the competitive fire the personalities the stories people are still talking about it days later right yeah. and they're, yeah. they're really 
to me now it could be my social media it is very yeah exactly <laughs> right there we're that's still being talked about and that's that's what you want um, yeah, the, yeah i can't believe he did it for anybody because we don't have video on our podcast andrew yeah. totally just did the you can't see me on camera yeah. <laughs> um, but no and i gotta say that south carolina Iowa game was probably one of the best basketball oh. games, men's, women, NBA, international games I have seen this entire season. It was yeah. the way Caitlin Clark was shooting from the logo. Alicia Boston was working the post, like the passing. It, like it was, it was in, incredible. it was a clinic. It was, yeah. it was, it was a great game. I mean, what Caitlin Clark can do, and it's it's crazy what what she can, and then what yeah, what Boston. I mean, Boston's been dominating you know, college basketball for years. And the fact that Iowa, you know, took them down, it hurts my heart for Dawn and, and her players, especially with Tammy being so close to her and just, but I thought it was really, really cool. The parody of women's basketball is, is great too. That's what also is a big piece of this. The parody is helping grow the game. You're not turning on and watching 30 point blowouts in a final four anymore, right? Like it's, they're all competitive basketball games. So that's an important part of piece of growing our game as well. Thank you. So you saw one seeds going down in the second round this year. You saw UConn not make it to the final four for the first time in 16 years. Yeah. And you saw it in the WNIT. You saw a little school like Columbia go all the way to the final against Kansas. Like, I know. You know it's crazy. But it uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us, Coach. We thank hope you. you have a great rest of your summer, and we can't wait for November to get here. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for your support always. You guys have been, a um, you know, just a huge – um, part of all of this and and just your constant support and um, just showing love to our program. We we really appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. We want to thank uh, Coach Honecker for joining us on the podcast. And with that, that ends our season finale of season three of Roadie Baseline. Once again, as we said earlier in the episode, thank you all so much for the support. Make sure to give us a follow Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Roadie Baseline. Also keep- want to mention a quick Little thing before I forget, thank you to everyone who entered our Bracket Madness Challenge to help the Live Like Russ Foundation. That was done in between episodes here, uh, but we were able to raise $250 for the Live Like Russ Foundation, which is amazing. So thank you guys as well. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Live Like Russ really appreciates it. We appreciate it. And uh, make sure you guys keep following us along on Twitter uh, because obviously the men's roster is going to be fluid and changing constantly. If any big news drops, we'll be sure to share it, and hopefully we can get we can get a we'll do a special summer episode with somebody who knows. Maybe we'll get one of those done. That's right, Andrew. I, I guess for the last time, we got to do it again. Follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Rudy Baseline, and as always, for one last time for the 2022-2023 season, go! Bye.